And um, the duck, the duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Coming to you almost live from the Behind the Call studio, welcome to Behind the Call. I mean, we're just going to keep rolling with it until Mike Leach is done with that. That goes on for at least three more, about three more minutes on top of that, so we'll see exactly. That's a great rant. Did, now, now, that was him at Washington State. Does he, I think he also, does he do one um, for SEC? SEC, or am I just making that up? Uh, maybe There's a good chance, but I, I don't remember hearing Maybe it, that's but. when he did the Halloween candy. Yeah, he did the Halloween candy yeah. at Mississippi State, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to do the – he does the marriage one. The marriage one's my favorite. Yeah, the marriage does. one's yes. really good, but I don't know. I, I was starting to grab the bottom of the barrel with some of the classics because, golly, we're on, what, 10 episodes, 11, 12 episodes? So, you know, I picked all the good – press conferences but then i discovered mike leach yeah. which i knew he i knew about him before but i had never sat down and listened to it now but like i said i can cut three of his little rants into different parts so we had part one last week part two this week and he just keeps going so i'm just gonna let him keep going too it's behind the call it's kind of going into our spring series now trying to do the pod a little more often now that well it's spring break for us teachers and of course, Devin, he's got a, an afternoon with us to talk some things over as well. And we also have a special guest on top of the Crittenden County head baseball coach. We got my dad in the studio who's been itching to come on for a while, so I, I couldn't keep him out of the doors any longer. He was just scared of what I might have to say. <laughs> well, then I came to the conclusion that I can just delete anything I need to delete, so that'll be the end of that. You could have avoided all that. Mm. <laughs> last week, you said you listened to the whole thing last week. I did. You were one of... One of our two listeners. <laughs> now, starting to say one of our 14 uh, listens that we had. I told you it was going to be a lot lower if we didn't have anybody special uh, on, so now I was like, well, let's get Dad on. You know. He, <laughs> oh, he'll get him he's down been, about this, seven. Yeah, this will be the best <laughs> probably episode we've ever had. He'll probably blow through the others yeah, yeah i'll probably beat uh, gage and and coach thompson uh, coach thompson but i mean yeah. coach courtney i'm sorry gage yeah uh coach courtney too i think he's yeah. got the lead y'all said yeah yeah, I think yeah. He's the so top he man. did listen right there there you yeah. go i told you because we I talked did. about it yeah i know yeah i did I, I actually did i promise i don't listen to all of them but that's my own fault but uh i just kind of picked through different things and then uh, taylor made sure that i needed to listen and then y'all did a good job great topics everything well, we appreciate that. Not um, that you we, need my approval. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> I enjoyed it very much is what I'm saying. Well, I know with March Madness winding down a bit and, you know, everything else, but baseball is just around the corner. Dad is incredibly knowledgeable about baseball, so we're going to talk with him too. And He's got a, several stories that I'll try to 
I'm going to have a lot of editing to do, I'm afraid, this episode, but that's okay. We'll start off because I, I want to sort of steer this direct this show back into the direction of talking more about critting and stuff and keeping, because I know that when people listen, they want to hear the critting stuff. Devin, I know it's been a week, so I know that a lot hasn't changed, but you're gearing up for spring break, and that's always big for baseball yeah. uh, at Crittenden County. So tell us something, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this this week we uh, went 2-1, and one, got back to 500 in the year. Tuesday, you know, we went to Lyon County, and that's a tough one. We got out, you know, really challenged the guys. Hey, you know, you got to earn that respect. Back when I say, I tell them all the time, you know, I sound like that old dude, even though I'm not that old. But I'm like, back when we were playing, and when I was younger, even the district came through Crittenden County. That was kind of the the mo for Rocket Baseball, and I want to get us back to that spot. And it, lately, it's kind of been going through Lyon County. So in order to to be where you want to be, you got to go through those guys, you know, and don't back down to them. Um, they, you know, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. So you gotta you gotta fight through that. Um, and we come out, jumped on them. It was a 11 to 2 after 3 and we're sitting really good and then you know some some unrest settles in and we, we ended up dropping that one I think 15 to 11 so that was a tough one but then you know we bounced back Thursday night it was about 40 degrees and raining but we, we managed to get that one in hung up 15 on UHA um, went into their plays hung up 15 um, probably could have been more but you know that, that thing and then last night we had four Campbell at home beat them 11 to 1 and 5 so you know we're starting the bats are starting to come around the, uh, the hitting's finally starting to catch up to where pitching's at you know that's the same way it's going to be in the MLB you know they're the hitters are always behind the pitchers early because the pitchers you know you can pretty much simulate bullpens you know pretty realistic but until you step in that box and face somebody you know it's it's a different ball game you can hit all the BP off the, all the T work you want to get in but you know we're, we're starting to get there and then it's spring break we go Thursday um, we leave for Bowling Green we'll play uh, three or four teams up there and then we'll come back and then hey it's all A so that's when it's on we're the defending champions so we're going to go down to Fort Campbell and defend that defend that title I'm excited for it. I've, I, I'm going to try to watch several games before we give it a shot to, to call some. But <laughs> hey, I have to have old Keith gonna, in was, here on that one. Well, I was going to say also, I've got Dad here too. And, oh, he'd and be perfect. He'd be. He does. I mean, great, I'll, I'll be there. Oh yeah, but uh, he's he does a great Mike Shannon impression. So there you go. Talks like I don't talk <laughs> like him. I, I do enjoy the game as much as he he does. But uh, he's a professional. But I'll be glad to do it. Matter of fact, Gordon Gass has kind of been on me for the last five years, on and off every time I see him, to uh, do some baseball games. So I've slipped on that. I apologize. But I would love to do it uh, if, if we could fit some in and then make it into a thing to where we could get some, especially the district games, uh, maybe a few away games that we could even slip into uh, later on down the line if we could just start getting some at home. I'll be glad to help out. Yeah. I, I love it. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be fun. That's the cool thing about baseball dad started calling with me in 2014 for basketball and it's so much more fast paced with baseball man you get to really enjoy it and you get a lot more time to fill in the gaps and stuff so that'd be pretty cool a lot of good stories be told in between well and we could even have gordon on talk to him a little bit and we could have people like wayne agent on uh, people who's come up through the years who's, who pitched and he's been a part of the community for years with, as our new fixing up be our outgoing sheriff but uh, he's got a lot of good stories too so uh, I'm going to say also I mean you, we could have you you know in the bullpen Evan ready to go yeah. I mean you know we'll have you all over the place I'm going to be down there yeah. with Devin I'm going to be down there with him he can come in the dugout you know get that <laughs> get that instant reaction yeah. what, I, what I'm calling in yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah, you know yeah. we can catch you while you got your you know your leg up on a step there yeah. yes and, and then he can interview <laughs> and then you on go with that uh, oh man what's what's been the toughest thing for you this year Devin? for you being a first year <laughs> head man i mean i know last year was kind of a transition 
period for you, I guess you could say, but like you're, you're the man now. Yeah. You know, it's really just everything falls back on you. You know, um, last year, you know, Chris Evans has been, you know, from the time I started coaching was with him. And so it's awesome to have him there. And we've kind of almost become one in the way we think. So, but it's good to have him there by my side to help me through some stuff. But it's really just, you know, when it comes down to it now, I've got more responsibilities. And it all falls back on me, all the decisions being made, where to put guys in and out. And I did a lot of that last year. And, and But last year, you know, we had a group of seniors that I kind of grew with. So we were kind of all on the same wavelength. And this year I've got a bunch of kids in that, are young haven't played varsity baseball and we're trying to learn how to win how to teach them how to win yes you've been on teams the last three or four years that have won 20 games but now you got to go out there you got to make the play you got to get the hit you know I can only do so much for you I'm going to do everything I can to get you ready and that's my job but you know when you step in the box I can't hit for you I, I can't make a throw to first for you I can't field a ground ball so it's just really that's part of the hardest part is just teaching these guys how to win um and, and how to uh you know, I got a great group of kids, and that's the thing. They're all buying in, and that's that's all you want as a coach and all you can ask for is just, you know, believe what I'm telling you, buy into the coaching, and trust what you can do. But, um, yeah, the, the biggest thing for me has just been it's kind of all the responsibilities, and some of it's not even baseball. It's just dealing with travel, and now we do the ticket leap stuff, getting all that sent out to the coaches, making sure that's where they're supposed to be, when we're going to be there. All that stuff falls back on me, and if something's not right, you know, it, it's it, like I said, it falls on my shoulder. So that's kind of been the biggest adjustment. The baseball part, I say, is the easiest that, that's the part I love getting out there with the guys and coaching them it's really just all the other aspects that's added on that a lot of people don't really see that goes on behind the scenes that really add into the stress of coaching but I love it and I love the guys and, and it's it's been fun I'm get, starting to get the hang of it a little bit so it's been nice I know that like you becoming the you know the skipper for the team has been coming down pipe for a long time I remember talking with coach Hodge years ago like you know getting them ready and that's always what it, it seems like with critting and sports is that you know they're always thinking past what their tenure is going to be and yeah. go ahead well we didn't talk about this the last time but about coach Hodge tired yeah, well we didn't we didn't even yeah I didn't think about it because yeah. we, we talked about it on the way to Murray State because that's the news the day the news come out or on the way to Evansville for the OVC but we didn't mention it on here. Yeah. And we have a former player of Coach Hodge here with Devin anyway. So Yeah, it's uh you know, Coach Hodge is one of, I could spend the entire podcast talking about Coach Hodge and what he's done for me in my life and uh, a big part of the reason I'm coaching is, you know, because of him. He's coached me since I guess I was seven, eight years old. Um, you know, back when, you know, me and Jake were playing together and I've come up through there and no man has pushed me harder than that than that guy. Um and, and I've learned no more um from anybody else than him. Um, and a lot of what I try, you know, do is things that he's taught me along the way. Uh, I still, even Friday, you know, uh, at school, we we had a big celebration for the kids for good behavior and whatnot. And he's up there grilling, and I'm, we're up there talking shop, you know. And he and I'm still, every time I have a question, the first guy I call is Coach Hodge. Call him, hey, how would you handle the scenario? What do you think I need to do? How should I implement this? Um, if there's a decision to be made. And he's always, you know, he's always there to help me. Um, and, you know, he <coughs> he's retiring from basketball. But, you know, the baseball coach that he was, um, you know, I always said, I said, no disrespect, but he was he was one heck of a baseball coach and player. Um, he he knew the game, you know, better than just about anybody I've been around. But, you know, Crittenden County is going to miss him. He's staying – luckily he's going to teach another year or two, but he's kind of stepping back from coaching uh, at least the varsity level. I think he's going to probably help – um, with with Jordy, his daughter, kind of kind of get to kind of like he did with Jesse and help her out. So I don't think he won't coach anymore. But um, at Creighton County, you know they're losing a big one. Um, you know that guy, he all the kids and stuff he's molded. Um, 
made into men and helped them with their paths. You know, you can't say you can't say enough about him, not only as a coach but as a person. So, um, yeah, Coach Hodge is one of those. You know that. Um, you're just trying to be like, you know, that's, that's, if I can get to get to be so even close to his level as a coach and have the impact that, you know, he had on me, then I would consider that a win. The history of Crittenden County baseball is to me, one of the more fascinating stories of sports within Crittenden County. You mentioned dad, uh, Gordon Guest earlier, and he had a big hand in it as well, but I mean, you have to mention other people as well. Uh, Red Benton, for example. Yeah, Red. And if you want to go back further than that, Jim Fred Mills, that's, that's the one who really, really. When did uh, baseball get rolling? And well, I I know it started rolling back in the in the sixties and in the late fifties. Uh, he gets back to what you were talking about, Dennis, as being a mentor to you and and all the things that he taught you. And and Red did the same thing for me and so many other men, just like Dennis has done for so many other men. And they taught us the game. Uh, they taught us the respect of the game. Uh, they taught us how to act when we lost, which that was the worst thing that I never got really good at, <laughs> at accepting. But how to win and then how to treat people and how to treat each other. And then as life goes on, he had already gotten to the age where we are when he started coaching us. We were 9, 10, 11, 12 years old all the way through till we were 18 years old. Yeah. And all the stories that he would share with us, and all the things he had been through in his life through Vietnam and everything else, he never brought any bad things up. But he had suffered through a lot of things in his life to put him where that he was. Uh, and then he comes home and he decides, I'm just going to take this group of guys and we're just going to go as yeah. far as we can go. And then that's where Gordon comes in. Yeah. And that's where uh, Paul Mick comes in. Uh, there's two or three other ones I can name that I'll, I'll be leaving off. But they, they kept fighting. They kept fighting and pushing. Because Grady Field, we had one field. Yes. Baseball team played there. Pony League team played there. Little League team played there. And the Pee Wees played down on the other end there in the corner uh, once a week. And then, But he saw that there was young men that wanted to play mm -hmm. and listen mm -hmm. and paid attention and uh and had a desire to want to win and, and to become better and that's where uh i don't know if it was in 1983 i know i played the very first game on that field out there yeah and i remember i dove and caught a ball out in uh left center and landed in the mud hole and <laughs> coach gates and them come out there and grab me and pick me up and <laughs> i remember the ball was still in the glove but there was just mud but we were just so glad to be there actually that was the spring of 84 and uh that <clears throat> that's how that that all started so but jim fred mills is the man that put little league baseball and the the tradition all the way up through pushing them and making them learn and and getting them to be competitive to yeah. where, where where we're at right now he's the man that put us on the map and that's what uh it's been cool you know gordon he's he's always been around and uh, you know, when you see the sign out there, you know, Gordon Blue Gas Field, these kids, you know, they don't really know Gordon and, and his history and, and involvement in baseball. And the reason we had those nice grandstands and all the stuff we do, the new duck, you know, the nice dugouts, everything, that's all Gordon, yep. you know, really, you know, putting the Bobcats, bringing the Bobcats here. Um, and, and the last few years, I don't, he hasn't been able to this year because of health, you know, but uh, the last few years he's come out and he's done our starting lineups and now back, you know, doing that kind of stuff this year, he hasn't been able to because of health reasons, but um, it's cool. Just, you know, we always, I always encourage, we always get him down there and let him talk to the guys, you know, so they can put a face to the, to the name, you know, and see, 
this guy, the reason we have this nice stuff and the, the reason we're able to do some things is because of Gordon and what all he's meant to, meant to that program. And, um, yeah, it, it's awesome. I love hearing that kind of stuff. And Andy Hunt actually um, has went through and done all the stats. So you can go to the Critton Press's website, click on Rocket Baseball all time, and he has all the statistics on there, you know, season leaders, career leaders, and it's it's pretty cool. That's why I'm glad that, you know um, – you know, baseball doesn't always get all the hype that everything else does. But, you know, as far as putting kids to college, finishing college, you know, baseball is probably – I don't know the number on it, but it's probably the leader of actually, you know, kids going to college, getting scholarships and graduating. So, um, that's the thing. I, we want to keep it going. I want to I want to keep it, you know, and improve it, leave it better than it was. And um, that's something that it, – it, it's really fascinating to hear about, you know, the guys that – you know, I, I remember Red – but he was very, you know, he was up there whenever I was coming up, and he kind of, kind of stepped away from coaching. But I remember him being out there all the time, and um, you know, so it's pretty cool to hear hear about that. Yeah, he started the um, Babe Ruth League because we <laughs> once we were eleven and twelve years old, we had a really good group of guys together. So he didn't want to quit. He just he wanted, and that's what drove him. And uh, so he started the Babe Ruth League. Mm -hmm. 13 to 15 and then whenever we got to that next level 16 through 18 then he started that one so we ended up speaking of coach Hodge I'll call him Dennis a lot but I mean you played for him but I played with him uh, he was two years younger than me and Dennis could hang with us I mean he could hang with us in early age uh, not that I'm disrespecting anyone else in his class because that class had a lot of great talent oh, in yeah. it but Dennis just stuck out, and uh, I didn't let him know that then. <laughs> but I will say I was always glad that he was on my team because I knew he was going to give that effort, and he was good at it, and he worked hard to get there. And so they even had a, a league. We ended up having two Babe Ruth teams, and uh, Dennis's age group ended up having their team. And then, of course, we had already started, so we had our team. And so um, – uh, I wish I could remember that the guy's name that coached uh, Dennis will be able to, he'll laugh at me because I can't remember his name, but his coach that he had was the same way. He yeah. he loved uh, the game too. So uh, a lot of years there and a lot of hard work of behind the scenes that you were talking about you do that people do not see. I watched uh, Red do that and a lot of other women and men and other coaches, Dwight Shear, um, just a lot of gentlemen. Yeah. That I grew, uh, Terry Gilbert. He was one of my coaches growing up. He was out there uh, all the time uh, trying to, to do uh, and, and build the program up. So, my goodness, I could sit here all night and just keep on naming. But they were instrumental, and Red saw that we were good, and he knew we could win, and he could also try to mold us into men. And if you go and see all the guys that I grew up with yeah. – they did good. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's something Coach Hodge, you know, going back to him, has always done. Um, it, it's not always about X's and O's. It, it's about, you know, he'll relate things to life and how, you know, when you get knocked down, you know, you got to get back up, keep fighting, and always ties it in to um, how to live your life. And, um, you know, that's something I try and do as well, you know, because you're not going to play the game forever. So, you know, yeah. a handful of you are going to get to go to college to play. And then, you know, the statistics show it's not, you know, Few and far between are actually going to get to suit up and you know play professionally. So um, it, it's about you know building yourself, becoming a team, working as a team. And baseball is one of those games you got to love, you know. And uh, yeah. it, and that's why I think so many people are so passionate about it because when you play it and, and you enjoy it and you you love it, you build that love for it and you want to keep it growing. And one of my favorite quotes, 
I would butcher it. You might be able to tell me who said it, but um, he said, you know, baseball is a lot like church. You know, many attend, but few understand. And, and it's not – you don't see people just running into and hitting each other and blocking shots and dunking, but there's an art to it in the mental side that makes baseball so special. That sounds like something Ted Williams would have said. That, yeah. Uh, and I'm not so sure he didn't, but he has a, a very – he, he could think uh, deeper than most people, yes. and he and he was a whole lot better hitter than most people oh, yeah. uh, all the way through. Yeah, uh, that's a, one of my favorite quotes by him is, you know, they they pay me. I think it's like three hundred thousand or whatever it was then. He said the least I could do is hit that, you know, because now that's the drop in the bucket to what these guys make. Yeah. But back then, you know, is he's like they're paying me that. At least I can do is hit four hundred, yeah. you know. So. Exactly, and and he was making more money on advertisement than he was then, playing. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> Like I said, I could tell uh, stories and stories, but it uh, it's just good to see it trickle down. Because I mean, I've known you since you was born. I mean, <laughs> your family and our family have been in church together for, from the beginning, yeah. before you and I come along. <laughs> and it's just good to see it passed down. And because of the integrity that Dennis was able to learn from his mentors mm -hmm. and the people that meant to him the most and and he's brought it down and uh, not only baseball basketball football, football yeah. i mean we could just go around because uh he and i both we played all three sports and we and, and, and we all loved it but he just took it to a, a different level and uh he's also took his coaching to a different level and he's made a mark on the community in both uh, in both areas it's yeah you can you know coach courtney coach tom they're all former players you know it's it's really trickling down and um, I assume I don't know they haven't made a decision yet who they're going to hire I think it's coming sometime in the near future but um, yeah he's going to leave his mark for sure and that's something that uh, at, at the end of the day that's all you want to do you know is just leave your mark you know um, and, and show that you um, he has a plaque in his office and uh, you know it just says do the right thing to the last day you walk out this door and that's that's what he's done so you, you can't say enough to get things about Coach Hodge and you know it's kind of cool to you know he don't he don't tell you a whole lot about his you know um, how he grew up in different things yeah. but it's cool to learn about how those guys affected him and how he's yeah. you know affected us as coaches now so we'll stay on the theme of baseball since we've got to mention a little bit about you know baseball gearing up well that's where I was going yeah. to pool host coming back to the Cardinals I'd yeah they started talking about it last year actually since actually before season was over you could kind of see that it was coming especially with the DH starting this year in both leagues so why not I, I don't but I can promise you there's no one out there that I in free agency right now for sure that could come in and do what he would be able to do because they won't use him every day uh, but the ticket sales, in which that was the final straw. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, it, yeah. it, you know, it's a business. It's a money it, 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 is. Know, it is. But uh, I think he wanted to come back. I think he wants to be there. And I think he wants to make a mark. I think he literally – I know Molina and Wainwright uh, – Wayno especially the other day said that uh, you could just see the look in his eyes that they're he's, – he's hearing everybody saying it's a marketing scam – and he's taking it personal that to, to make sure he goes out not just just showing up just to draw a ticket. Yeah, and his uh, his they I saw a thing on MLB Network that you know his, his numbers last year against left-handed pitching, um, and it was I think it was Jose Abreu of the White Sox first baseman that's you know one of the great first basemen in the league. His numbers were better against lefties, so yeah, they're not going to use him every day. But with that new having the DH, you know, in the NL now, why not? You know, it, it seemed like a really a perfect fit. They, you know, get them a right-handed bat. They had the lefty that's going to DH some, but 
you get him in there, and, and what he brings from that mental aspect of helping their young guys is that's you can't put a price on that. So. Well, they said that him and Molina was in the cage after all the other boys had done got the shower heading out, and about seven or eight of them decided to go back and get in the cage themselves because they had never had to went straight from the field to the batting cage. So. Uh, he's already making an impression that way. So, yeah. uh, it's just going to be – and also pinch hitting. I mean, who else would you rather have? Because he's – his first at bat, I don't know the statistics, but I know it's up there quite a bit. But his first at bats, he's got a pretty good average. That's and it. he come off – just like somebody coming off the bench hitting a three code. There's some guys that could do it. Robert Ory back in the day for y'all with a little bitty. He won like four him, championships yeah. with four different teams because he could come off the bench and score 12 points in a matter of three minutes. And uh, pull horses, he's going to have an impact yeah. uh, if their pitching, though, holds up. You know, they just got some issues. Once again, we said that last year, but they ended up winning all those games in a row at the end of the year and making it, making six, it yeah. was it 16, 17 in a row, like, 18. And, yeah, uh, it was made crazy. It, yeah, it was great. It was fun to watch. Uh, so – I'm excited to go. I know I'm going to go a few times this year. So, if y'all want to go, just jump on board. And uh, I know you said you were going to go watch them play the Yankees. I yeah. know uh, you're looking forward to that team. a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of Yankees, uh, the they got rid of Luke, didn't they? They did, yeah. The hometown, uh, they traded him to the Padres. Um, it was one of the, when they got Rizzo, signed him back. You know, uh, Voight deserves a chance to play. He's done nothing but that trade, you know, really worked out for – y'all had that Giovanni. He was – He's been getting the bullpen, and Luke come to New York and just kind of took one of the fans over immediately. You know, he come out and he, he started out. I guess that first series or two, it was bad. Then he come back up, and then he just never looked back. You know, yeah. and so I like Luke. He's one of those you know just hardworking guys. You know, kind of um, working man's MLB player, I guess you'd say. I steal it from Will Compton, but. Um, <laughs> He, you know, he's one of those guys, and so he, I hate to see him go because I love his personality. But I like, I like Rizzo a lot too. He's kind of that same cloth of yeah, he's Rizzo, a ball player. blue collar. Yes, Rizzo's my guy. Yeah, that's a former Cubs, Cubs yeah, guy. Right it's here, hard yeah. to see a guy go to the, the Yankees, ain't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. But you knew it was coming at that time. I mean, because yeah. they would trade Bryant and Baez and everything. And that kind of puzzled me though, really. The because with Baez and Bryant being so young, I, I could see trading Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's getting older, but. Flip Baez and Bryant, like those are two foundations. I don't think they just got blew it up. <laughs> but pros, that's the thing. Prospects are prospects. You know, my grandpa yeah. Herschel, he used to say all the time, well, they haven't proven anything. They ain't, you know, yep. you want the guys that have proven themselves and play. And, and it's true, you know. How many of these, how many times do you get the prospects? And it might not even be the big name guy that works out for you, you know. So it, mm -hmm. I, that, it always scares me. You know, I know you got to do it, especially smaller markets, but um, the Cubs are one, like that's a, you know, Chicago's yeah. not a small, to where they can't. They will turn around and paid some other people, so it's kind of weird that they. It's a large market team with small market uh, paycheck. Yes, I mean my pocketbook. I mean the Rickett family just doesn't. No, it's it's. I don't understand. I, I don't. Which uh, I know they won the one, and that's you know right. That, that but they should have won more. But why that's, be yeah, satisfied why with one? Yeah, I, that's, that's the thing. They should understand it because they had the best manager at the time. That come in, Madden, and, I'll, I'll, and, and you had Theo. I always say he's in my top five of all. Well, time and Theo, managers. Theo Epstein is one of the. I mean, like, oh, he's just he's fantastic. I mean, he, he brought the Red Sox time. out of what they did, and then he mm -hmm. come to the Cubs, did it? He yeah. took a page out of, of Billy, though. 
Yeah. Billy's little boy, if you watch that, it's a good movie. But if you read the real story about it, that's how that all worked out and through the pipeline. And they wanted him at Boston before they got. Before. Yeah. They wanted Billy Bean to, <laughs> to go do it. And he was going to take his numbers guy with him. And so it just goes to show you, sometimes you get opportunities. And if, you, if you're scared to take that chance, sometimes you bust and sometimes it's good. And it worked out good for Theo, though, because he took that same strategy and won the, and how many years was it? A hundred and something years. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Boston, Chicago, both. I mean, you proved yourself once and then go do it again. Yeah, he, he's changed the game. He I has. mean, it's all he anal- has totally analytically driven, you know, and that's. It's 116 years, wasn't it? Because it was 1908. To, wasn't that the last time? Yeah. And in 2016. Yes. yes. That's, I, I'm kind of in the. I'm kind of old school, and I, I like analytics. And you know, we have we use Game Changer, and it's it's got spray charts and I mean all the numbers and stuff like that. But I'm more at the end of the day. You know, I, I you know they don't always tell you know if someone don't do good in a certain spot, but the numbers say yeah, they should. You know, so it's it's one of those things though. It's like it it it's it's hard to to read an autopsy on whether a decision works out sometimes or not. Because if you, you know, cause there's plenty of times where it's like, well, we're going to take this picture out. And it's like, well, you'll never know, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, it's a numbers game. Yeah. I mean, obviously it works. It's, it's, it's shown that it works and it's changed the game for better or for worse. I mean, but I also know if someone's out on the mound and they're struggling, and you yeah, but you don't need num- you don't need numbers for that. Though. Well, I know, but that's what he's saying. You're yeah. taking everything out of the game. There's different ways of looking at it, but the, just decisions that you would make just because you might say that he just don't look right today. Yeah, the numbers say he's been good all year, but he don't look right today. today yeah, he ain't got a feel for yeah. it, and, and you can kind of talk to someone and feel that. And I guess it was a year or two ago in the World Series, and they took I think it was the uh, with Blake Snell with Tampa. They're super analytic, and they took him out, and they hadn't touched him. That's your guy. You you got to roll with that. That I was sitting at home just freaking out. Like, why would you? You know, the, for one base hit, and then what happened? You know, the thing about using the bullpen and stuff is, instead of asking one guy to be on that day, which he was, you take him out in the fifth. That's f- or fourth. You're asking five guys to be on their A game that day, and you, your numbers don't say if they're on their A game or not. If they're on their A game, yeah, it makes sense. But all of a sudden, they blow that up and they lose that entire series. Just, I'm not saying it's because of that, but that that's that's the scenario right there where if I got my ace, I got my stud on the mound. Hey, it's your game until you know. Obviously, when you get tired and stuff like that, but I, that's the thing I don't like is them. Used to you had guys going eight nine. That's they. That's what they expected to do. Every start was give you. They're going to give you everything they got. And now it's like if they get you through five, that's a win. And it's like that's not even that you know. And the pitch count after five full innings is 89, 93 pitches. And I'm like, man, they're throwing too many balls. That's, I mean, and, and I understand their strategy and all of it, but I like them days. Nolan Ryan got up there. Man, he was in the tenth inning, and he only had ninety three pitches, and then they would, might have had a chance to go the eleventh inning. He was still in there. And I mean, Maddox threw multiple complete game shutouts yes. in like eighty three pitches, and just, he couldn't throw a ball over an eighty nine mile an hour. No, he just went right at guys, attacked the zone, yeah. and you know, baseball is a game of failure. It is, you know, you fail seven out of ten times, you're going to the Hall of Fame, and that's why it's hard, and that's why a lot of people don't like it, yeah. but. Um, that's why that's, I loved it, that, though. That's exactly why I, I tell the boys every day, you know, it's you're going to fail. It's a game of failure. It's, you're designed to fail, and it's just how you overcome that. Um, but people like that, you know, you, you play the numbers, and seven out of ten times they're per, you're probably going to even get a really good hitter out. So if you just attack the zone, strikes are huge, you know. it's. Yeah. But now they want to get to 3-2 and, you yeah. know, just throw around them all. And 
It wears me out. At the end of the day, you're trying to hit a round ball with a round bat squarely. That's and it. it's tough. Hey, and getting back, I'll say this. Good to see the bats of Crittenden, though, coming to uh, life. And you're right. It, it, it takes you about a week or two of live pitching off the mound like that. And uh, But once you get – you can tell they're getting the gear, and you can tell they're seeing the ball, uh, scoring that many runs twice in a row. Yeah. Uh, that's one. One was an away game. One was at home. Correct. Yes. So, yes. and was you had like twenty six runs in those two games. Yeah, right? twenty six. And for the week, we had I guess thirty seven. So three games, thirty seven, yeah. so thirty eight. So the bats runs. are doing real well. So I'm uh, congratulations and good to see. You. I know you was down a little bit. I know you had to be, but man, y'all doing good. Just that's, keep yeah. tell the boys keep up a good work. A lot of it's tough, you know. Kids are three sport athletes at Crittenden, or two sport athletes, and generally, so they're either going to play football or basketball or both. And so, baseball is kind of the end of the year. You know, the spring's starting to come; it's cold to start. You know, these cold nights, you know, they kind of stay, and that's a big part of it. Cold night, it sucks to hit when it's cold. That hand yeah. starts ringing, and um, but you know, getting them. You know, we ha- we've had maybe ten practices as a team, and so. And they took our last week, for some reason, the KSSLA was like, hey, let's take the last week of May out and put it in the front when it's actually warming, you know. But anyways, that that's part of it. But, you know, you get them in from basketball, and all of a sudden they're trying to, you know, those are generally they're your players, your starters that play all the other, you know, that's just how it works in small schools. And so they've really got to put it in high gear and try and get caught up. So that's – hopefully we'll keep, you know, keep trending in that direction. And that's – you know, I said it in – an interview last night after the game, you know, if we're playing our best baseball right now, I'm not doing a very good job. I, we want to be playing our best baseball in May, so. Yeah, I'm sure Calipari's thinking that same thing right now. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's the segue I was waiting go. for right there. That's There you go. I was waiting. So are you, I know what y'all said about him. So are you, I love him as a coach, too. I'm just telling you. Well, this. are you done? I don't are, know if you're a Calipari guy are, or not. Are you else. done? Or, well, according – you can't be. He's a patino guy, like we talked oh, about. I'm a patino guy. He's a patino t- yeah. guy. No, Evan's theory checks out. Yeah. I've, I've thought about that all week since yeah. what you said on last week's I mean, podcast. Really, that was a really good yeah. point you made. And it's that's real. what it is. That, that's that's yeah. exactly what it is. But he could take. He took Nazi Muhammad. <laughs> Nazi couldn't tie his shoe when he's a senior in high school, but when he got done with him at UK. He was an NBA star. I mean, he played a long time, and he made a difference in those championships, all three of those Final Four runs. Now, I know that this is an impossible question to answer because we don't know, but if Patino stays at Kentucky, doesn't go to the the league. Oh, he's the king. What happens? He's he's passed Adolph Rupp. He's a, still there today, probably. Oh, by, by far. Yeah. There's no reason why would he not why would he, be? Because why would he not he's be? coaching in Iona right now, so that tells you he loves to coach. Yep. Uh, I'm not agreeing with everything you've done. Well, my goodness, I'm not agreeing with everything I've done in life. You know, we've all done things we wish we'd go back and change. But I'm just telling you, he could coach. Yeah. And uh, he had ability to. Uh, he could recruit nothing like Calipari don't get me wrong but he got the ones that he felt that he can mold in and then he even he had the he was that guy who seen the Muhammad's or Scott Padgett Scott couldn't outrun nobody but man he could fill it up and he had a big heart and he knew how to win and he was smart and Patino would take those kind of players whereas Calipari is one and done you can't teach that in today's game because you don't have enough time to mold them together anymore. It's just a whole different system. But I will tell you this. I think the Calipari and the landscape of college basketball, of course, has been changing again in the last three years. Yeah, but with this new rule, 
of these guys being able to get money and or make right, money yeah. in school, I'm telling you, that's going to make a difference in, in well, people leaving. And then Calipari maybe can have a couple of them stay two or three years, like Brooks, for example. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was good for him to stay. A lot of those guys, they just – they needed to stay. But it got so aggressive in the turnover that it become – I mean, he was doing good for these guys, and he and yeah. that's who he was out for. And I love the fact that that's what he's doing for them. Well, but if you want to talk to X's, X's and O's, I've, that's where we're going to have a problem. Well, Patino was really good at assembling a team. You know, he knew, you know, the type of people when when he did his recruiting. He knew this is what I need for my for this spot, and it wasn't all about. I mean, you know, the one and done thing wasn't a thing back then. But with Cal Perry, it's like I want to get the big, you know, the the you know the biggest and the best. That's what I'm going to go for, and then we'll get the team together as the year goes on and be ready by tournament time. Patino is very much a, you know, I've got four years out of these guys, and when these guys leave, I'm going to try to find the best guys to fit in the spots. You know, the more traditional well, style and, and of it. Cal, he was good at doing it when Cal first got to Kentucky. He was the king at that. I mean, look at the success he had. I mean, it was phenomenal, and that yes. was with one-and-done players. Yes. But then somewhere over the last few years, it, he hasn't gotten that elite guy like like Duke has gotten. They've got uh, Paulo bon, Bancaro and uh, Kills. Yep. And Williams. I don't well, what, know what's happening to that, that game Williams right now. Williams pretty good, too. Yeah, well, I mean – the, the level of talent he has gotten in the last few years just hasn't been that elite – level that's because the guys that said they'd never do one and done decided hey I, I either either play ball or you know leave i mean that's what it has been you know you remember how many coaches said they swore they'd never you oh, know yeah. they would say no nah, i'm not for that i'm going to make it work with this you know and then it's then it's just you know you didn't have the success that you were seeing at places that were buying into the system kentucky being on top of that and now everybody's going after everybody and now it's know, and the transfer tra portal. That's the transfer portal. Yeah. Now that's that's, the, that's, that's the gonna help thing. Cal too. Which learning how to do. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So he's it's learning so how to. If you get that mix, yeah. you get that young and old kind and, of veteran. And veteran. like you see, you know, uh, Collins is coming back, and yeah. surely from year one to two, his growth should be enormous. His ceiling is way yeah. up here. I mean, it really, really is. If he can get any kind of scoring ability at all from 15 yeah. foot and in, because he plays defense. He is a terror. I mean, and next year he'll have a little more meat on him too. Yeah. Yep. My goodness, he can jump out. Is Sheboy for sure back? Did I see that? Or well, not? I've read two two different. If things. they can get uh, it to where he can make money, because they're still not like he still doesn't have an NIL deal yet, does no, he? No, I thought he did. Not, you know? I heard that he was someone was trying to make a deal with him, but as far as if it's if it's official, I haven't heard. But I mean, yet. if he gets that done, I think That's, he's going to come back. I, I don't he does. know where he fits in the NBA. You, you you know he is an elite rebounder, and that you have a role there that you could you know I could see him being the NBA guy, but he's a little undersized. He had trouble with length, and when you get somebody really long, they block his shot a lot. You know, in the NBA, that's everyone's long, you know, tall. So. But could he make a spot for himself and be like a Tristan Thompson type of a smaller center? You know, yes, for sure. And he he stretched his game out to where he's hitting that 15 foot. But if a guy like him, why not? If you're making six, seven figures NIL, why not come back? This is probably going to be the peak of your career. Stay. And I think that's going to help a lot of guys. That's I like the NIL. I've always been for paying college athletes. And, I, and I, the transfer portal – I'm not huge on that. I think you should honor a commitment 
a little bit more than they're allowing people to because now, you know, as a coach, it's tough. If you, you see somebody in the transfer portal, you bring in a shooting guard, but you already have a good one, but you need two. That shooting guard gets upset he's gone before you can even have a chance, you know. So And you're really seeing it in football more because there's so many people. As yeah. Basketball's a little smaller. But yeah, but transfer it's, it's hurting the, Yeah, I think it's pretty fair all the way around that it, it's hurting the mid-major schools is the ones that it's yep. really having. I mean – Have I, a big year and then go to a big D1. Well, and, I mean – Kellen Grady. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, you know, just look at, you know, look at Murray State, you know, and yeah. what they're potentially looking at next well, there's year. A, there was a forward or guard from Illinois State this year, averaged 20 points a game. And he's uh, he's transferring out, and I mean Kentucky may be a possible suitor for him, but like you said, they're going to leave the mid majors and try to go to a big school so they can well, help their NBA stock. You've you've kind of turned mid major teams. I don't know. That's kind of painting with a broad brush, but you've kind of turned mid major teams into more of like a farm league, you know, system in a way for for yeah. basketball. Obviously, it's not. Um, that on a large scale, but yeah, I mean, the transfer yeah. portal is free agency. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh it's, yeah, it's, most definitely. Know, it's, it's, it's especially 100%. when it, especially when you have nil especially money coming you, in. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you come, hey, come here. We'll, you know, we got you this. NIL yeah, deal, you'll get you. Yeah. You know, come on here. We'll get you suited up. Even the small, even helps. Like I know, go back to Will Compton, but listening, listening to them talk about Nebraska. You know, there's nothing else in Nebraska but that, but the, Nebraska the University. So. <laughs> yeah. All that NIL, all those dealerships, all those alma maters, you come to Nebraska, hey, it's a big – you know, we, the fans are awesome, and yeah. you get the NIL, they may be able to get somebody over in Alabama <laughs> or, or over USC or something like that because, hey, we'll get you that NIL money. You're still going to have a shot to get to the league because we're a big D1. You know, it's it does kind of even it, but it also – you know, it also gives your – you know, Alabama's they can get the guys off the transfer portal too that go somewhere yeah. for a year and want to go somewhere better. But but uh, yeah, I mean, he kind of plays itself out. Yeah, well, that's definitely, it, it definitely UK though in yeah. football. In football, as, as, yeah. as much now, as anyone in too. the SEC, the, that transfer portal has really it really helped us. Killed uh, I Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. I mean, because whenever uh, uh, Lincoln Riley went to USC, Caleb Williams leaves. What didn't they have the? A top running back recruit. Yeah, they've had a bunch, and they all just went to SC. Well, it's like I the, mean, a few of the Murray guys, and it's just like Mac McMahon. Yeah, they're following him, following yeah. your coach. You know, same way there. Yeah, and you don't have to set out that you could do it before. You just had to set out. But that was the penalty of that doing was the penalty. It. Now yeah. it's just you know I go right there. I'm playing, and I'm in a. There's you know, no yeah. Yeah, makes it ten times easier, and yeah. it makes yeah. your decision a whole lot easier yeah. too. Well, that's no, like uh, Xavier Pinson started off at Mizzou, transferred to LSU. But since LSU's coach got fired, and he's transferring again, so he don't have to. I mean, he's boom, he's automatically yeah. play next year. Well, is there? I thought it was something about if you transferred once, it was fine. But then that next one, but I but think say the coach because the coach, the coach fired, leaves in, you're allowed. To get then he that. can do it. Okay, so, so that allows you two times because of the coach. Yeah, leaving. yeah. So he's gonna get to play immediately that's, again. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Yeah. And Kentucky, that, Kentucky may it, be a player for him. Not it, that's, I around, thought that was a stipulation. It, right. You get one free around. one, and then yeah. after that, it's like a year yeah. or whatever. you yeah. got to wait out. Unless, but, unless the coach is fired. Yeah. Or, but the NIL, hey, I'll go sit for a year. And make, yeah. make a nice NIL yeah. paycheck. Go well, to college know, for free. You know make some money. You know he will. Well, well he's already got she a play, huge following here just in the state oh, of Kentucky. I thought he – I'm pretty certain he has one. He – But it was right before – because they're – 
had they won his mom that he was waiting on that money yeah. to get her in. And I think yeah. that came through. I think I saw a thing where it was like, he got his first one. He's only projected but, like a mid second rounder. Right. That's, yeah. If he comes back, he's making way more money than what that is going to be. Yeah. I don't see him. He's and a smart individual. He, and I think he, he wants to like come back different languages. Well, so he's not, he's pretty intelligent. Oh, he's very smart. But the money, cause he wants to, he wants to, for his family, I mean, that's all he cares about. That's yeah, all he talks about is, is supporting his family. This year was the first year they even got to see him anyway. Yeah. About so, halfway through the season. So, yeah. I, I that's something. Now, think about that. That's how lucky that we are to be living and be born in America. I mean, he has fought his whole life to get where he's at, and he's an inspiration, not only just in basketball, but just in life itself. And what he wants to do for his family. I yes. mean, in the world that we live in today, not to get on to anything – other than sports, but it just goes to show you a lot of people say, I don't like sports. They just get out there. There's a lot more to it than just sport. There's just there's life. There's, there's decisions. Lives. There's uh, there's abilities. There's things to learn. There's things that help help you push through, you know? Keeping kids in school yes. because I can go to college now because I can make money and not have to struggle and I can immediately help my parents out. In high school, that's a big part, a big part of why you keep kids in school is because of sports. Yes. And, I, I've had kids already tell me, you know, that I'm here because I get to play baseball. I get to play basketball. I get to play football. You know, that's that's why I'm coming to school, keeping my grades up. And so it really just goes up and up and up the whole ladder. You know, you get a kid that can, you know, he's obviously going to only go to college. He's not going to go pro. Still go to college, make a little bit of money, help start his life. You know, it changes people's yeah, lives. And then might get an education to prepare him for his life. Exactly. Yes. So that's yeah. it. There's definitely – been. I know people, you know, they want to keep – that's what makes college sports better than pros. It's pure, and they're just playing for. But and the money they're getting is for their education. But you know, I'm I've always been a component for paying these college athletes. You know, it took way too long. That's what they're getting. You know, as much money as they're bringing in, and you know, the coaches are making. Somebody's been eight, making a lot of that money. Yes, that's the coach. That's what, in the NFL. You know, generally your players make a lot more than your coaches. But in college, even if a quarterback, your big time quarterback, makes a million dollars. Coaches are still making eight, nine times that. I think so, the assistants at UK, they said, made, what, two or three times more than the Peacocks head coach <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah. So, that just goes to show you just – Did he – He's going to Seton he, Hall. He's, Seton yeah. Hall. he's going to yeah, Seton yeah, Hall Seton now. Hall, which is yeah. where he played. Which was, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. – as soon as so, they lost, you knew that was yeah. coming. Yeah. But, but I'm glad for him. Uh, and, and I think they said – His composure very, very good I think composure. every – player on his St. Peter's team was at his pre introductory press conference at Seton Hall. Well, that's that's really, how much they thought that's, about it. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 For those mid major teams especially, it, it's it's all about, you know, buying into your coach's program. And you find one you can't find a a mid major team that has any success at all that they, they don't just absolutely love their coach. I mean they treat them like family. You know what I mean? Because I feel like you know they're they're together a lot, obviously, but it does feel a whole lot like it's it's us against the world type mentality. You know, when you get to Kentucky, it's you're being recruited by a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a completely different ball game because there's this sort of aura around Coach Calipari. That's what you know he uses that kind of star power now to kind of help him influence in recruiting. But you know, you go somewhere like St. Peter's, like where he was at. Come here, give a hundred percent. I'm gonna, you know, work just as hard as you guys work, and we're gonna find success together. I'm not and, saying it's not like that at big programs too, but you definitely see that they're that these teams are a lot closer. You can and they're tell. there for and, they're they've been there for four years absolutely. together. You know, so that you know, I just know in the little time I've been in coaching, you know, those in one year you feel like that that kid's yours. You know, and it's 
you you get sad every year when you lose them, you know. And I can only imagine having you know four or five years, and especially at the college level where literally you have it's your job to every day we're getting up six a.m. weights and in class, and then you're with them all the time. I can only imagine how you know that relationship and bond that you build, and and those small small schools, you know, that's that's what they do. That's why every few years you see one make a big run because they've all stuck together and. Um, but it, it is it is uh, it is a bond, that's for sure. Stay together all the time like that, like you do in baseball in the spring. You are together when the bell rings. You're in school as soon as it's over, regardless if it's practice or not. But if it's a game day, you're you're together ten o'clock a lot of times at night. Oh yeah, especially and way games. It's, that's it's eleven <laughs> or twelve. So you you do learn to come together. You either learn to come together, or you learn to not like it yeah. and not want to do it. So that's that's how this whole tournament, especially this time of year in basketball, I mean, they go from conference tournaments and then they get into these tournaments. They're together all the time. You go from the team and hotel it, to the gym yeah. to the team hotel, you know. And if you're able to – I always hear say, well, he is a player's coach or he's not a player's coach. I, I just don't agree with that. You're either a player's coach or you're not. Because if you don't have the ability to relate with your player in some fashion or another yeah. – because every kid's different. Some of them you can yell at a little louder. Some of them you can hit on the backside a little harder. Yeah. Some of them you need to talk a little softer. Uh, but if you love the game and you love to coach, yeah. that, those kind of things will just come natural. I, yes. I mean, that's just my philosophy. I just don't – I don't believe in a coach that don't want to have nothing to do with everybody. That's you it. either have something to do with all of them or you don't have nothing to do with any of them. Yeah, yeah. that is, you know, it's – it's all about the kids, and that's why I do it. You know, it's building those relationships, um, being able to still, you know, I still contact and stay in touch with the guys from, which those those guys, I've been with them since they were sixth graders. But still, you know, I try and stay in touch with them, and um, it's just all about building relationships. And, you know, it, it's it's crazy what a kid will do for you when you, you just, you know, you get to know them and, and the, the levels they'll go to, how much work they'll put in. Um, and, and that's what you want to see, you know, and, it's even on a bigger scale in in college and stuff like that. But it, you know, I, I consider myself a player's coach. That's I'm, you know, I tell them all the time. Um, I, I do it. I obviously don't do it for the money. I'm not making, you know, a ton of money to do this. I do it for you guys and cause I love the game. And, um, when you, when you come together for one common goal, it's, it's crazy what, you know, what they buy into you and, and trust you, you know, that's the big thing. And like you said, not every kid's, you the quickest thing you learn in coaching, you know, every kid's the same. And if you treat them, treat it like that, you're not going to be in it very long because um, you, you don't know. I, I, unless you walk a mile, you know, walk a mile some months shoes, you have no idea what, you know, what they go, what they go home to or what, what they're used to. Some people also don't react that way. And you kind of got to, unless you get to know them, you'll never figure it out. Um, so it's, that's, that's a big part of coaching that I love is getting to know the guys and um, build those relationships. And that's one thing I love about Crittenden now compared to where it used to be years ago, is that it seems like all the coaches do care. Uh, all of them want to be successful, and all of them have a lot to do with the men and women that they do coach, uh, and not just someone who just is coming in and drawing a check, because I've seen that in my day, and it wasn't their fault. They were just in a situation looking for a job, but I love to see people who are part of our community who grew up in our community, who loves the community and wants to continue to be a part of that community. I think that Crittenden has done a good job of that in the last 20 years. Personally, I, I do, you know. So not everybody agree with that uh, philosophy, but 
I just I like it, and I think it keeps everybody closer to the program because people who come up with that coach, they'll end up having children, and then it just kind of snowball effect. And yeah. Coach Gage started all this back in 1984 uh, with the football program. Uh, coach Jimmy Croft, he's my top two coaches of all time. Uh, he has the ability to coach X's and O's, but, man, he could talk you into running through a brick wall and not even think about that the bricks were there. Uh, so just men like him and Coach Gates and Coach Starnes, and we go on down the line, and it's a tradition I love to see, and we just need to continue that uh, progression that we've been doing. So, Dad, what's your thoughts, real quick, on uh, the football field moving over? Oh, yeah. What were you? At, in? No, what, after, what were no, you after in? no, we're good. After that, I want to get your I'm opinion sorry. on I, something. I, I, I'm here. Like you we're, didn't no. say anything tonight. I'm go, sorry. Go. Okay. No, my, I, my opinion on the new football field. Well, personally, it's sad for me because I've been on that field since I was a kid playing pickup. Uh, Michael. Hank Mills, Jim Fred, all of them lived over there. So your cousins, Robert Blake, lived you know down there, and and uh, we all it was a neighborhood thing. And then we played what was called five hundred. Uh, you got a guy with a baseball and a bat, and everybody else has got a glove, and you hit the ball in the air. If you catch it in the air, it's a hundred points. If you catch a line drive, it's one hundred and fifty. If you you know, so we played football, baseball. Uh, we rode motorcycles on it. Um, I mean, uh, going down the line, uh, pump pass and kick. All those times that I was able to kick that ball a mile when I was a kid, I, all those memories I, I'll have the first time I ever won a trophy uh, was out there on that field. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that in my mind. But I, as an old-timer, I hate that it's going to be different because it seems perfect. But if – that don't make it right just because I don't want to see it change. But if they do change it, I hope whoever it is that's in charge of it, if you're going to change it, then make it spectacular. Don't just turn it the other way and make it look the same. And that's that's how I feel about it. I, I could go on and on and on, but it's sad. But, man, progression. And the football team has been progressive for many years, and uh, they've made a lot of money, and uh, they deserve the best. I will say that. You know, if you work hard like your baseball field that you play on with Gordon, uh, he saw that he could use that summer league to help our community yep. to be better with facilities yep. to go along with our program. So I, I think that's the way they're looking at it, and I understand that uh, – uh, that uh, uh, Mr. Vince Clark and I understand he he wants that and so uh, I I support it but it, it will be different I will say that it's like Coach Thompson always said if you're gonna do it do it big you know? uh, yeah I'm that's just what saying Coach that's Thompson what I'm saying is. don't just don't just stick something out there yep. and, and I don't just, think I think yeah. that I, I, think I believe they gonna, will too yeah, yeah I do. I'm excited oh. that that's what I was gonna I was excited from the from the standpoint of yeah I hate that it's leaving I mean nobody nobody. You know, even the people that are, you know, hardcore for it, you know, it's it's going to be bittersweet. I mean, that's just part of it, you know. I mean, anytime. I mean, I was I hated it when Bush Stadium got demolished and the new one came up. I love the new field more. I love that it's opened up and you can see the arch and it's, you know, it's super cool. Uh, you got Ballpark Village and all that fun stuff. Uh, but man, I loved Bush Stadium. I love the arches that were around the top that, you know, over uh, overhung on it, it you know, when you went into Bush, it was just really cool. You know, I mean, I remember running the bases on Bush Stadium. You know what I'm saying? As a kid. So, um, <clears throat> and then when the new one came up, it's just, it's just something you just got to get used to, to, you know? Because it's, it's all like, well, like you just mentioned memories. I mean, that's, that's what uh, attaches people to, 
things like that is the memories that you have there. And that's why it makes it sad yeah. that to go. I mean, but but obviously, uh, Rocket Stadium is uh, a very unique place. Yeah. Also, with as close as you are to the field and everything, so that aspect of it will be missed since there'll be a track around it. Mm. Yeah, um, I know, and that, and that gets into which that is Webster, and that's okay. Fine. Yes, yeah, but it'll well, be different. It's going to be really different. Uh, but being being further away, uh, that was another thing I thought of too. So. Couple more memories, real quick on that, and we'll say uh, little league. They reached little league football when I was in the fifth grade. Uh, they kind of it had been down for the last few years, and three or four years before that didn't have it. And then you had people like Donnie Mills and Mickey Tinsley and and a bunch of other guys that they got it back together. And I remember playing. And Charlie's got a video of that game that we played. We played. We practiced like two weeks and played one game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I run a touchdown. Charlie's got that on the film. What? How old? Uh, I was uh, fifth grade. I was eleven. Yeah, eleven years old. And uh, I still remember going around the end, and that hole opened up. And all I can remember, I had little video short legs. I was just going as fast as I could. Now I have that memory. And about on the same spot of the field where that play started, whenever I was a sophomore, Derek Cozart, uh, who I graduated with, uh, one of the quickest. He was fast, too, but he was one of the quickest men I ever seen in my life. But we were playing Webster County one night and he at home, and he timed the snap so perfect that he leapfrogged the center and got to the quarterback before the ball even got to him without getting an offensive uh, call. And, and so those kind of images that are imprinted in my brain throughout eternity, those are the things that I will miss about it once that is gone. Yeah. yeah stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. All right, so what this we'll change the subject here because I know you have an opinion on this, but so out of the four of us in this room, you're the one, obviously, since you're older, no offense, but your fandom for Kentucky has experienced more than ours. Duke's playing North Carolina right now. They're up by one with like three minutes left. I know going back to Grant Hill to Christian Leitner, you watched that, uh, the pain that must have uh, been at the time. How would you feel about Coach K going out on top? Because I don't want that to happen at all. I, I don't want it to happen, uh, but I will say this. Since 1992, when I scared Taylor to death, as a matter of fact, he was sitting in his he didn't car scare seat. me. He dropped me now. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, well, North I Carolina's up by no, one right now, right. so this may yeah. change. But so, but, 229. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. It was a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I made uh, Chris and Faye both mad at me that day because I was acting so bad. But once that shot, when Woods hit that shot, you just had that feeling, even though there was only like 1.8, 1.3 seconds, I can't even remember now, one point something. Yeah. You're just like, something's going to happen. <laughs> and it did. But I will say this. Through the years with Coach K, I have appreciated him more as a man and what he has done for people more than he has as a coach. And my goodness, look how many championships he's won, how many games he's won, and how. And I also appreciate the fact that he has the ability to relate with players as well as any coach I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, he has an ability to just somehow or another get them in a different level than most other coaches can do. Now, that being said, no, I don't want him to win, and I'm rooting for North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just can't. 
I, I can never, I could never root for Duke. Never. It helps me that Roy Williams isn't there because I hate. Yeah. Him. I'm, that's that's the only reason I would consider. I looking at well, the way Candace looked today. I don't. I don't think it matters. Who I think Candace is, yeah. the, and, which I hate too because I want I, them to lose because they're now leading same, all time. Same. I have not had a Final Four in a long time that I've all four teams that are in it this year. I have no desire to for them to win at all. I would have been fine. And with I know that over. sounds horrible yeah, to say, no, but no, I'm just saying. Yeah, but I, I I'm gonna tell you what I I don't even like them. You don't like Villanova. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. I like Jay Wright. He's a, he's a, he's a he's great a, coach. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. Yeah. He, he he's he's had one of the better runs in the last five six years than anybody. He's won two, two uh, and, and uh, sixteen has been to well final four this year. I mean, the, the, and he was the, in the final four in 09, so, too. Yep, the, the Chris Jenkins shot the play. Yes. just how simple that really was. But yes. just to, and draw that up was just yeah. He's a he's a fantastic. He was coach. there tonight too. He's gained a little weight though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's on the staff, I think. Yeah, I think he's he like is. a player development or something. But yeah. I think he's on the staff. Yeah, but I I will say, and I think I know you have, and maybe you did too, Devin. But I actually uh, we've met Bill Self mm. all in different. Yeah, I got a picture with him. I met him in Marietta, Georgia, at a hotel at twelve o'clock at night, and then he was a pretty cool guy. So that kind of changes my uh, view a little bit on Kansas just because he, he seems like a decent dude. But I don't want Kansas to win. I met Bill Self when with you, Devin, yeah. and we all got we all, got, all got, pic- got your picture with the yeah. UK hats on. No, 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 no. Well, hang on a second. Let me back up. <laughs> Bill, you everybody got a picture with Bill. We were at Hoop Fest down in uh, Marshall County, and everybody got one, you know, individually. And he's smiling ear to ear, you know, grinning uh, in all of them except for one. And it's the picture I took. He wasn't smiling at all at mine. And we all took them together. All right. So he didn't get no bad news or anything between all the people. It was, you know, when I got up there, I was wearing a UK hat. And he and this was about a week removed from whenever they were playing against Kentucky and they blew him out like 30 points. But I never thought about that. Um, it was in the I guess it was the classic, uh, the game they played at the beginning of the year. I don't know if it was a classic or not, but uh, at the beginning of the year, and we beat them by like what, 36 or something. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was, I don't know how many years ago it was, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of. Uh, that was, it was P.J. Washington. I okay. Think. Yeah, I think But was, what was interesting about it was, I mean, you know, he was in Kentucky, so he had to know yeah. what was going on. But, yeah, no, I was wearing a Kentucky hat, and well, I guarantee you that's what it he was. He just seemed like a cool dude. Like, I we were trying to get into this hotel in Marietta, Georgia, 12 o'clock at night. Last person I ever expected to see was Bill Self. Opened the door up for this guy walking in. I'm wearing a Cubs shirt. And this was, uh, I don't know, maybe 17. So the Cubs won at 16. He said, hey, you, you a Cubbies fan? I was like, yes, sir, I am. And it took me a minute because it's midnight. And I'm like, man, that, I think that's Bill Self. And so he walks into the counter and checks in and stuff. And then we there was no room. So – we had There's to leave. No I was room, in a Penske, no room in the end. No room in the end. I was in a Penske rental truck, moving my boss back from Florida, um, and we were in the truck. And he walks out, and we hollered at him. Climbs up on the steps, sticks his head in the window, and just has a conversation with. Him. I was like, "That's pretty cool." Yeah. You know, midnight. You don't have to come talk to me. Yep. There's no reason for you to. But he did, and he like he said, "I hope you guys get a room, man." I mean, he was, he was a really nice guy. It was kind of like whenever we met. 
It's hard Gillespie, to hate him. If you remember, we met Gillespie. Yeah, he was. We didn't realize super. Gillespie was on his last leg either. Did we? <laughs> no, we didn't. But he was. But, you're right. He but was, he was a super nice yeah, guy to talk yes, to. Yes. Super nice. Yeah, he yeah. was. He took pictures with everybody that asked, and no problem at all. I'll tell you, I got it with you. Of course, it was easy because it was after a South Carolina win. The, you know, yeah. so it was. I guess he was in a great mood. That but. you. That's the uh, uh, Kayla went that Kayla game went, too, didn't she? And yeah. me and you and Taylor and uh, Doug. Doug went too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We went the escape. Yep, went all the way up to Lexington. <laughs> wow. man. It's close quarters back there. That was probably like 2007 or 2007. Uh, yeah, eight? it was. It was well. Co- uh, it was, Cal it was, got there in nine. Yeah, yeah. It had to be eight, oh eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. It was because Patterson. Yes. And he was on the. He was. He was with Cal. No, he wasn't with Cal for no, a year. He left. No, he left. But if he would have been there, who knows? Who knows? There's a no, lot of woulda, no, coulda, shoulda. Did he? Did he not? He play did. The first Jody. Year? Jody Meeks. Jody Meeks. It was Jody Meeks. Yes. Who didn't? Uh, he he could have come back, but he didn't. That's yeah. what it was because they were missing shooting that year. Yes. Mm-hmm. He would have been the missing missing he ended piece. Up getting drafted by like Philadelphia or something. I think he was with the Sixers yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of draft, I was going to ask you this earlier, but I forgot all about it. Oh, we got to talk about the Raiders too. Yeah. Oh wait. All right. Um, this is something I'd heard through the grapevine. I didn't know it was true, but didn't Red Benton? Did he not get drafted? Or, or, he he or didn't for, get drafted. He was invited to come to spring training mm. with Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, he had just got out of Vietnam. And uh, but was he, that when it was at Tradewater? Uh, yeah, he yeah he played for Tradewater and and all and a couple other semi-pro teams uh, out of state while he was uh, in the army. Once he got back and all, but yes, he uh, he had opportunity to go, and he chose to get married instead. And uh, that's a true story. And that's it's straight from the horse's mouth, and that come from him. But he was very good. He had a curveball. I mean, he taught me how to throw a curveball, and I've taught a few people how to throw that curveball. But, my goodness, he was really, really good, really good pitcher. Uh, but, yeah, no, he he had a chance, Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, to go to the spring training, and uh, he declined. All right, so, Keith, so we got to talk about the Raiders. Yes, let's uh, talk about the Raiders. Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. Yes. You got to keep up with the Joneses in the AFC it's West. It's definitely going to. Oh, you're going to have to. And I'm going to tell you, the AFC West is absolutely going to be loaded. Even San Diego's going to be good as yeah. long as they've got their quarterback. Man, I, I'm going to tell you, Herbert's a stud. I wish that we could switch. And I, I love my quarterback, but I'm just telling you, Herbert's as far as a ceiling goes, Herbert's got. He's got a higher ceiling, and uh, and he's accurate, and he's strong, and he don't seem he's to great. get rattled. It's almost like the boy from him in Buffalo. Uh, Allen, both of them went to the – they come from the same cloth, you know. What's what's weird about that is uh, Herbert was a, a – he was a really good college quarterback. I mean, like there was a few question marks about him coming about, but not much. But Allen at Wyoming, he was not accurate at all. I mean, there was a lot of question marks coming out. And I, I, I didn't – I'm no quarterback evaluator, but I didn't think he'd have much success in the NFL. And now he's possible, you know. He's an MVP candidate every year now. I think it's him gaining. He gained weight quick, and he adapted to the speed of the game in the NFL quicker than most uh, normal, like you said, especially playing at Wyoming. I mean, not yeah. that they're not fast, but it's just a dip, like you said. I'm surprised, too. But I think he was able to gain some weight, and he's tall, too. He's a big old dude, And yeah. he just, all of a sudden, it just clicked. It's yep. kind of like me and uh, trigonometry. <laughs> It, it you just sit there and work on it, and all of a sudden one day it just boom. Okay, I know how to do it now, and it's kind of like that's what happened to him, you know. Uh, but back to the Raiders, Adams, uh, 
cars i know he's glad to have him my goodness how oh, can yeah. you not he's he's uh, he is a he's a stud he's going to be uh make a difference and he's going to open up a few of the other receivers that we had last year that weren't number one receivers that had to play like number ones uh that's going to open up a lot I like and the Renfro. running game i like Renfro. Renfro. oh i mean think about how much it's going yeah. he had because he was great last year he led the team, yeah. and, I mean, he's going to do it. I don't know if he'll lead the team or not, but I believe he'll have as many as uh, Adams. Well, the the adversity the Raiders had last year with everything was, and for them to still make the playoffs was crazy. So, you think this year they should take that next step. We'll see how McDaniels is. He should have learned with his last stint with the Broncos as head coach. You know, that didn't end well, but hopefully he has learned things since then. But One thing McDaniels surely to goodness has learned is the – the best quarterback that there was on play action pass. And if the Raiders can learn and Carr can learn to, to play action pass as well as Brady was able to do it with those two receivers, my goodness, that's going to open the field wide open, along with the running game yeah, itself, Jacobs. regardless who we got in the backfield. And you got uh, Taylor's boy, Darren Waller, out there. Mm-hmm. Tight end, yeah. stud. Yep. And, uh, I mean, they, yeah, they – Chandler Jones, like you said yep. a while ago, he's come in on the end. I think he's uh, this is his 11th season, so he's kind of right at his prime, maybe a little bit over, but he's still got some. He had eight and a half he's sacks got last left. year. Yeah. So yeah. Max Crosby's a stud. He had about eight of those against the Titans. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he had a he bunch. Did. Yeah, he, he had a bunch. So <laughs> it's going to be exciting. I'll tell you a story how I come to learn to love the Raiders. And this is, I was going to ask you about that anyway. Yes. Okay. Well, here I've. One of the very first things I remember doing in my life was pitching baseball out in my front, uh, the road in front of my house on, uh, I think, Elm Street. We was living on the corner of Elm and no, no, that other one over at the city department. But Charlie Merritt, my brother-in-law, I forgot to say Charlie, he's more like my brother. But I remember pitching baseball with him, and I just remember any and everything I ever did was sports-related. And then I remember the first time watching the Raiders play, and uh, – my brother David is the one who taught me to love the Raiders. I mean, that old TV over there on M Street and uh, our old Mo- my man, Morrill, and all the other ones that would come down and they had quarterback that was a kicker and he would take them down and he'd kick the field goal and, and all the different guys that were on those teams. And uh, I just remember thinking, well, if my brother likes them, then that means I'm supposed to like them. And then it just kind of went from there. And then as time went on and the older I got, the more I loved football, which is my first love of sports. And I loved all of them, and I loved to play all of them. But football was my first love because I understood it better than most. And um, that's how that came about. And then Earl Campbell come along with the the Oilers, Oilers, and I loved the Oilers. And then once the punt, pass, and kick thing come and got, was able to go to Cincinnati and those kind of things, it just all kind of snowballed. But the Raiders was always number one. I love yeah. Cincinnati. I love the Oilers. I love Earl Campbell. He's my favorite of all time. But the Raiders have always, even through since the 90s, since, well, since Bo misses leg up. Yeah. That was the day that. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and brother Brother Curtis. Franklin, oh, yes. big Raiders guy, and y'all Huge are the same fan. age, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah. He's, a older, he's a year older than me. People yeah. in your age group, yes, love the Raiders Lo- more more than and and I remember Dwight Shear. I don't know if he'll listen. I'm sure he won't. But I remember one day he said, "Keith, how can you like the Raiders, man? They're just always always doing something dumb or stupid or something's going on." And I said, "Because they keep it interesting. They do, <laughs> and it is it is so wild 
that is such a true statement for so many years. Like you're thinking they're going to have some patch where everything's cool and no, just something wild and crazy happens. There's just a lot of things where they had bad things to happen, you know, yeah. and it, it just decision making, decision making. Yeah. So, but the, I know and Dwight's just like, and that's, that was his point to me, you know, you can you not just give up on them already, you know? <laughs> But uh, I love the Titans. I do. I was rooting for them against the Bengals uh, when we went down there. Uh, that That's was not hard, though. Dad doesn't like the Bengals, so. Well, I mean, I like that quarterback. I do. But, uh, I have yeah, to say. But Joey Burrows. Yeah. I mean, I do like him. He's, He's the best quarterback they've had since Ken Anderson. He's good. And that's that goes back to where Ken – and here's another thing I was thinking about, about the, the Bengals in the Super Bowl this year. The other two previous times they went was against uh, San Francisco. When I watched both of those, I remember watching Montana drive it down at the end of the second go-around uh, and, and beat them the same way. And then I thought, here they are playing another West Coast team from the same division, and they've got a good team again, and they were because those games against San Francisco were like one-score one games. Yeah. And then here we go again, and I just thought it ironic if they had that chance, but yet another West Coast NFC team beat them. Did it to them, yeah. yeah. That's, they'll be, I don't want to say they'll be back because you never know with the NFL, but they'll have a good chance of being back I believe with Joe Burrow. I believe they're going to be the class of that division uh, for a while because Pittsburgh, I mean, unless and they just get, get lucky and get a quarterback, I'm telling you, if you don't have a quarterback, you're you just may as well hang it up. So UNC beat Duke. Did they really? <sighs> Listen, go. I'm gonna tell you what, that's amazing because <laughs> I sat there and watched that game at home, his last game against UNC and all of his old former players oh, was yeah. all up there. And when they, they got down and they them. knew that it was gonna happen, they was just all standing there and all. So that's wow! Wow! Can you That's imagine crazy. Duke fans right now? Man, North Carolina, the, oh. the two best teams that are playing their best right now was playing in the championship. That's all game it is. On Monday. Whenever North Carolina played the first round and they beat uh, whoever that, that was a nine seed, they just smoked them. And I thought, man, they they they're playing some good ball right now. They're playing their best, and I, I I'm not a North Carolina fan, but their coach uh, Davis, I like yeah. him. He's a humble guy. He's not Hubert Davis. Hubert, yeah, he's not a showboat or nothing. He's he's good for that. Pro and he's homegrown. Yep, it gets back to that again. Which man, I just wow, Duke fans. That's great. I I've know, got but to that's be. Great. Yeah, that's all right. Though. It was a storybook. Never, book. never it have was a played. Book that just didn't get the end. Never played each other in the NCAA tournament before. Isn't that something? Isn't that wild? First time in the Final Four. It's crazy. Coach K's last year. Yeah, it's ironic. Last game because he's won a lot of big games. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's a good place to end it on, I think. Hey, listen, thanks for inviting me. I'm sorry oh, dude. that I talked so much. I hope right. I hey, that's the point. Anyone, but we got to get love... back on. Yeah. Maybe even the fourth host. Hey. We're going to – anytime. I, I like it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Hey, Thank I, you so much. It'd be cool to see you guys come to some baseball games, call some games. Hey, hey, I'd be I, glad to. That'd be awesome. When are we going to come back? When are we going to be back? TBD, to be determined. To be I guess so. Probably – Probably Soon. sometime this week. I don't know. With it being it's spring break. Big, yeah. You know, it helps when something big happens. I'll be gone Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Uh, other than that, hey, count me in. And kids yeah. definitely coming back. Yeah. Glad well, yes. to have you back. Yeah, you get back yeah. on. It was yeah. awesome. Yep, yep. Thank you All very right. much. Uh, well, I mean, we'll do our, uh, you know, we'll have it posted. Uh, hopefully, 
I have a post before Monday morning. That way people can listen to it on their way to work, stuff like that. Listen to the work day. That's where the, the that's where the most of the views come from. I could tell during work hours. So people listen to Do it. Do we know if Reed time. listened? Reed didn't say anything to me. It's unfortunate. He's, well, he's in he is in Florida right now. Yeah. I think he time. did. What, internet doesn't we work in Florida? Oh, well. <laughs> Someone needs to ask. All right, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day or night or whatever, and we'll see you all later. It's been Behind the Call.